Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are remote today. It's my fault. It's very disconcerting because for the first time ever, we're using proper remote video conferencey Zoom-like thing. Because um, you, you, you've struggled to drag yourself into the 21st century with this stuff. Yeah, but finally I've got a microphone I can plug into my computer. If, if I'd have known how much easier it had made it for you, I'd have got one ages ago, to be honest. You kept going on about a sound card, and I thought, <laughs> I've not heard anybody mention a sound card since about 1993. Don't yeah. computers just have them in? I know, I know. You should, you should have told me. I didn't realise. I honestly didn't know I was being old-fashioned. I just wish you'd told me. Do you know what I love as well? Mm. There is no vanity to you on a video call. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? I know. I, I, I like myself so badly. You can, and from what I can see, can you only see half my face? Yes, you look like the Beatles on the front of um, <laughs> look, I'm move with it. the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's you've you've not got the light on, which I know you're thrifty. So is is that what that's about? You're saving no, on can, the lucky bill. I'll turn it. I can turn the light on behind me. I just it didn't seem that dark until I looked at myself. But right, yeah, because you, you look. Um, I don't know. You look like you know on the news when something terrible has happened in a disaster zone, and they can only get a very bad video call of somebody in a dimly lit room. <laughs> Like I know. The glare of the computer is in your glasses. I can't see the whites of your eyes. And I don't angle it right. I know. I angle it at a very unflattering angle, but oh well. Oh, yeah. Mind. I have mine on a stack of books. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a teenager on MySpace in 2005. Um, well, this, this isn't the first remote call I've done. I've done two Zoom meetings today prior to this one. You've had a busy day. I have. I was, um, I was the host of one of the Zoom meetings. Oh, I find it incredibly anxiety producing because I'm punctual. Mm. So I go in there and I wait. But then while I'm waiting, I'm just thinking to myself, 
what if I sent them the wrong link? Like, what if a digit was like I'm changing digits? Or the link? Yeah, you're like, just copying and pasting. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm thinking somehow I'm in one link and then they're trying to get in another one. They've got no way of telling me. I'm going to be here forever. It's like I imagine it would be if you throw in a birthday party in a bar and then you get there and wait for everyone to arrive and oh. then you're looking at your watch and thinking, did I give them the right address? The stress of it all. Yeah. I also don't enjoy leaving a video call. It's very different because there's always an awkward pause between pressing the button and then there seems to be an even longer pause before it actually happens. Here's my trick. Oh, you've got a trick. Tell me. You've got to hold your facial expression like you're the weatherman at the end of the weather because, you know, if they if they don't, then you see the <laughs> you see the beast within. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So weather, weather um, presenters, they're always so nice and friendly. Mm-mm-mm. But then maybe they're going to let the mask slip if the yeah, camera stays yeah. on them too long. That's so they just ex- adopt a Richter's grin, which is what I do at the end of a video call. I've always wanted to do a thing where I just sort of drop, drop, like drop out a shot to the ground. Well, I think faint. that's a good way. Yeah, a like, 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 like a faint. I think that's I a good way to do it. I don't think of you as... Um, a, a great uh, a great physical comedian. I mean, <laughs> that's not to say that you're not, but I don't think Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, Annabelle Port. Well, it's something that I'm going to work on for the next decade. Great. Maybe Ooh. you'll go viral. Maybe. <laughs> you set up a TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a Zoom the other day and the connection went bad during it. And then afterwards, the person I was talking to emailed me to apologise and said it was because of the rain. Is that a thing? No. The internet what? connection, connection no, going bad because of the rain. Unless it's, unless it's a terrible, terrible thunderstorm. I can't see how that would make a difference. Unless maybe your house was flooded and your router was floating away. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's certainly weird, but that's unlikely. It didn't it seem like... She would have mentioned that, surely. It sounds like an excuse. Mm. I am... Um, I'm going to an event on Sunday. Mm. And you know what? I'm like, I get very anxious about these things. Yeah. But I think I have some really good small talk. Can I try it out on you? Please do. Okay, so we're we're just, you you and I, we don't know each other and we're hovering over some olives. Okay. I'm in character, let's go. I'm going to go. Let me ask you something. Go on. It's a strong start, isn't it? Let me ask you something. I love it. Let me ask you something. So if if I want to boil some cold water in a kettle... How long is that taking? Even for a, a cup of boiling uh, water? I'm going to say two minutes. Yeah, two, two, two three minutes, whatever. And, 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 and if I want to heat some water up in a pan to boil an egg, how long is that taking? <laughs> 20 minutes. Right. It takes a long time to boil water. Yeah, yeah. Why, when I press the coffee button on the coffee machine... Does it just come out hot straight away? How is that happening? <laughs> How is the mechanism in the coffee machine so different to the kettle and the pan? What, what's going on in there that they can heat water so quickly? I'm still in character here. Do you want another olive? <laughs> I'm going to take it you don't think that's good, uh, good small talk. I, I enjoyed it, but then I didn't, I didn't know where to take it. Right. So right. you, need to have, you need to have a follow-up, an immediate follow-up. Huh. Mm. How'd you take your coffee? <laughs> okay. That's um, too weird, isn't it? No, no, that's, that's the most normal bit of it all. <laughs> mm. I thought it was, you don't think that's an interesting question? So it's a, uh, there's a very interesting observation, but yeah, the coffee, the coffee thing, yeah. Sometimes mm. the coffee machine says, add water, I'll put cold water in, press the button, hot coffee comes out. How is that happening? Mm-hmm. It's faster than a microwave. 
don't know. What's don't going know. on in there? The, all they're going to say is, I don't know. And no one knows unless they happen to be an engineer. Mm. Are you at an engineer's conference? <laughs> I'm not. I'm oh, not. Okay. Um, oh, God. The, thi- the thing I'm going to is Sarah and I are hosting a live screening of the finale of Succession at the British mm. Film Institute, the BFI. And there's a reception beforehand. And um, the, 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 the show itself airs in the States at 9pm. Right. And we have to watch it as it airs in the States. Okay. So it's not starting until two in the morning. Oh, whoa. Yes. Wow. So we're going on stage at midnight. Woo. And we've got to G people up. And it, it's not our event. It's actually the, the, the show writer, the creator, Jesse Armstrong. It's his event. It's Watch Along with Jesse. So we're on stage with him and um, we'll be talking to him and, and, and so on. But I think the, the viewing demographic of that programme, they, they're not necessarily people who have been out of the house much after midnight for, for a long time. Yeah, it's someone with a very passionate interest in in, in yeah. many things, including this TV show, yeah. So I think people really love this TV show and mm. then that's why they've snapped up the tickets and, and I might have done the same if I wasn't involved in it. However, trying to get my 50-year-old body to stay awake till 2am in the it's dark hot. of a cinema in a comfy seat. I'm just thinking, when it was the loss finale, I stayed up until the, like I think I might have set an alarm for like four in the morning or something to watch it but I was maybe 15 20 years younger I, hey I, maybe you've just given me a good idea oh go on instead of trying to do some kind of stage show mm. what we could do is just um put everybody to bed for a little nap and set an alarm <laughs> which we could then play over the PA system just before it's due to start honestly I'm sure the people are going to be there are going to appreciate that they might even bring yeah. a sleeping bag that's a good idea, isn't it? I think you should do that. You know, like when you go and pick your kid up from nursery mm. and they're all just lying oh, in that having, dark room they're having on a mattresses. Nap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We could do that, but with middle-aged people. Just say nap time, everyone. <laughs> That'd be so nice. That'd be so... This I'd is love a great... That. This is a fantastic idea. Okay, Because my, my only idea so far to, um, to keep up the energy during those two hours two was hours. to do a, a fire drill sporadically. <laughs> what every five minutes <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking every 20 but sure um, why not yeah. yeah 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 go for it all right annabelle let's hear from the drifters first off natalie burgess after your plea for more emails i thought you might like to hear about the first time i realized i was a drifter I was only four years old, I'm now 40, and I remember the experience as clear as anything. My mum had been asked if she and I could attend the royal opening of a new hospital department in Leeds that treated premature babies. They picked us as when I was born I had a special treatment to switch over my blood as I wasn't compatible with my mum's blood and she'd gone through plasma infusions during pregnancy to keep me alive. The Duchess of Kent was opening the centre by pulling a little string that opened a curtain covering a dedication plaque on the hospital wall. My job was to curtsy in front of her and hand her a bouquet of flowers. Weeks before the event, we had picked out a special dress of velvet and lace and I had curtsy lessons. 
When it came to the moment of truth, I did my job properly, but I hadn't even expected her to talk to me at all. I was from Wakefield and had never heard someone so posh speaking directly to me, so I had no idea what she just said to me. It sounded like a question, but I didn't know how to answer, so I just smiled nervously and probably said... The whole thing was captured on calendar news, so I still have the news footage at home to remind me. I just remember that really awkward feeling of embarrassment when you daren't admit that you missed what someone said. When I watch the footage or look at the photos, I see panic on my face, but I think most people just think that I'm a cute little shy four-year-old. I still find it hard to ask someone to repeat something they said. I usually ask for repetition once. Then if I don't get it a second time, I just have to make a random guess at what they probably said as it's too shameful to admit I couldn't hear it the second time. I'm sure my hearing is fine and people just talk weird. None of them quite as posh as the Duchess of Kent, though. I think you do that exactly right. I think you can you can ask once for repetition. And then if you don't get it the second time, that's it. You just make a guess. It's the rule, isn't it? It is. Also, um, those little curtains that go mm. over plaques when they unveil them. <laughs> yeah, do they yeah. ever get drawn again, those curtains? At <laughs> night. It's like, yeah. night, night plaque. Or <laughs> do they take bed. them away? I don't know. Has somebody somebody got a business supplying those curtains for the unveiling and then taking them away again? They'd only need one, wouldn't they? They just take it to all the different places. It's quite quite a good business when you think about it. Yeah, Hmm. yeah. It's it's one of those that I'm sure not that many people are thinking of going into. No, no. I, I, I also suspect that one person's making a good living out of it. I I don't know if... uh, I don't know if it needs competition. Was I giving the impression that I was thinking of of retraining as a... Well, you have an entrepreneurial mind, yeah. (laughs) Okay, no, I'm not, right. Let's go on to the next one. This is from Laurie. Okay, you asked for stories. This one had an impact on me for 20 years. In my 30s, I was a frequent guest of Leeds United because my friend worked for one of their main sponsors. My then partner and I would be treated to the full executive box experience, including meeting the past and previous players. At half time in a game, I went to use the executive urine rhinal. And just as I was preparing to go, I noticed that Billy Bremner was standing on my right and Norman Hunter was standing on my left. Yes, I was stood between the two greatest players in Lee's history as they were having a wee. But I couldn't go. The shock was too great. Not only could I not go then, but I could not go in public for well over two decades after. Yes, the existence of Billy Bremner and Norman Hunter shocked me into losing my ability to use a public toilet. Now, this was a serious problem. For example, on another famous occasion, I was busting for a wee on the motorway, pulled up. Three other blokes I was with all got out of the car and lined up against the same bit of motorway siding. They all went, but my Billy and Norman trauma stopped me. I had to pretend to wee and get back into the car still busting for a wee. (laughs) So many similar stories. I guess I could have seen a therapist, but how do you even initiate that conversation? I want to know what changed, though, after two decades. Yeah, it suggests that, or maybe what it's been... What was the breakthrough? I, I get the impression this was just two decades ago and it's ongoing. Oh, I see, I see. I don't I get see. the impression there was ever any cure. Okay, I would happily with... go to that first therapy session with you. <laughs> staying with toilet things, this is from Anon. 
I'm a very socially awkward person, but when I rack my brains for all the embarrassing situations I've caused, nothing comes to mind, which I think means I've developed a superpower for forgetting all the chaos I've left in my wake. However, I have got noticeably less awkward as I've got older, which is one of the reasons that despite the greys and sagging jawline, I don't feel too bad about ageing. I think there might be a reason for this and it might surprise you as it did when I've thought about it. Ever since I was a child, I've had tummy problems. I didn't know until my late 20s that this is in fact IBS. Luckily, it's a lot better now. Turns out eating a diet high in vegetables and minimally processed food stops it. Who knew? Who knew? Also, for the life of me, I don't know why I didn't find out about Imodium sooner. But my life is littered with emergencies and in some cases, disasters that have surely made me the person I am today. When I was 10 and on guide camp, I was rushed to hospital with suspected, suspected appendicitis because I couldn't tell them that I just really needed to do a poo. The first time I knew I wasn't going to make it was when I was about 12 and I was walking home from school. Luckily, I was only about two minutes from home. But nonetheless, that kind of thing is character building. <laughs> Romantic weekend in Paris with my first boyfriend equaled an unexplained bath in the middle of the day and the feeling that I would never be sexy ever again. <laughs> Meeting my husband's parents for the first time saw me literally running around the London's Docklands looking for a toilet before eventually pushing in front of a mother of a small child in the queue. After these events, I realised I could act fast and prevent disaster. This has meant I have christened a number of parks in various countries and even total strangers' houses. But it's also meant that I've developed the ability to knock on any door, walk into any shop or any restaurant and tell them urgently that I need to use the toilet. The fact that I've been exposed to so many of these moments and these awkward, embarrassing exchanges are a million times better than the alternative has built up a kind of immunity to my natural drift aways. As you can imagine, in these situations, the port protocol is simply not an option. I wouldn't wish IBS on my worst enemy, but maybe I would wish it on fellow drifters. Once you've knocked on a stranger's door and they watch, you walk to their toilet while clearly thinking you're a murderer or thief before shuffling out, (laughs) leaving an unmistakable stench behind you. And you've done it multiple times. You can literally do anything. Wow. The secret cure. Do we want to be cured, though? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I do want to be cured in that way. No. That's some real shock therapy, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? Have you ever well, knocked on a stranger's door before? Because it's no, something that no, no you've I've never gone about that far. it. Right, no. right. Uh, my mother-in-law, I think, has done that on occasion. Okay, that's less surprising to me. Yeah. Well, in a way, it should be more surprising because the world is her toilet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, well, I, I, I love getting these drifting backstories. Mm, mm. Like how you became a drifter. Yes. Yes. The, or, first, even, the first moment of being adrift. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, send us yours, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. Shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? Okay. I'm going to give you two things. One thing that I didn't know about myself and one that I didn't know about my partner, Tom. Firstly, me. Okay. I had a terrible shock this week. Something very obvious about myself that I was totally oblivious to. I'd taken my son swimming. 
and we were coming out and I happened to glance in the direction of some reflective glass on the building and I saw what my face looks like when I'm not consciously doing anything with it. And in 48 years, I've never seen this before and I'm no stranger to a mirror, far from it. (laughs) But I've never before considered what I look like when I'm not posing in front of the mirror. You know, I've heard the expression slack-jawed before. Mm. It never occurred to me that it could apply to myself. And I don't mean it in the surprise sense of the word. I mean it in the vacant sense of the word. But this is being very polite. A dictionary used the word dim-witted. And I think even that is polite to the way I think I look. My mouth like just sort of hangs open. And you can only see my bottom teeth, a little row of yellowing teeth, like a giraffe that's had a full frontal lobotomy. And I was horrified. And I realised that my face is like this quite a lot. Like if I'm walking down the street, walking around Sainsbury's in the school pickup queue, that's my face. It's no wonder no other mums have tried to befriend me. (laughs) And how could I not have known this? 48 years. Why has nobody told me? Actually, I realise now that my mum did try to tell me when she said about 10 years ago, don't leave your face in repose. It's not attractive on you. But I (laughs) honestly thought that she meant I looked sad. I thought I had a sad resting face, which I'd always known because of the amount of times I've been told, cheer up, love, it might never happen. So now I'm so conscious of it. I'm having to remember to keep my mouth closed or I do this thing where I kind of bite my lip like this, try and shut it up. And it's exhausting not looking like an idiot. Exhausting. <laughs> I, th- I think you might also look like an idiot while you're doing that. Look at me. This is how I look. That's not how you look. Annabelle's doing a face. I can <laughs> That's how I looked when I caught when I caught sight of myself. The the effect of the 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 glare of the computer on the glasses in the darkened room is really giving you a look of um, olive <laughs> from on the buses. But that is not what you look like. How can I get rid of that glare? Sorry for using such an up-to-date reference. I know not everybody is uh, attuned with the cultural zeitgeist it's out these days. Oh dear. Okay, let's move on to yeah. Tom now. Okay. Right. So, I'd seen some blue tape on his bedroom table for a few weeks, but he's someone who has a lot of weird stuff lying around, things I don't know the name of, like usually something to do with his filming work or fixing his body as he's got scoliosis, taping himself up. There's some, he's got some like miscellaneous weird stuff like pool sliders with acupressure points and each point has a part of the body written next to it but the only one I ever remember is anal glands which is disgusting and I feel ill whenever he wears them and also irritating because they make a heavy clumping noise with every step (laughs) so this sort of type of thing is not newsworthy to me there's lots of types of tape hanging around some of it cameraman tape and some of it to tape up his body because he does more sport than he should for someone nearly 40 in my opinion with scoliosis yeah And the fact it's on the bedside table isn't that weird at first because he's very messy. And second of all, he's got some weird nighttime stuff going on, in my opinion. Oh, go on. And in the opinion of anyone who thinks it's unusual to sleep with three pillows, but only one is for the head. Where do the other two go? Different parts of his body. But which parts? Between his legs. Uh Uh-huh. Base of the spine. Uh Uh-huh. There's a a lot of pillow action going on. Yeah, Sarah can get up. I mean, she goes through phases, but... Mm. Um, there was a pillow that was permanently referred to as the chaperone for a long oh, time. Oh, because it go yeah, they actually, sometimes yeah. the back one goes between us, yeah. yeah. He's also got on his bedside table his eye mask, like me, and earplugs because he claims that I snore, but I just think that he's a light sleeper because nobody's ever complained before. So, 
Not any of those other men. <laughs> those many, 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 many men. So I see this blue tape on the bedside table and I think nothing of it. It could be for anything. A few nights ago, we've both just got into bed. I was reading my Kindle when I hear a tearing sound and looked over and he'd torn off a short length of this blue tape, like maybe two or three inches and half stuck it to his bedside table. Finally, curiosity got the better of me. I asked him what it was for. And the reply, if I'd had 3,000 guesses, I wouldn't have got there. He said, oh, I tape my mouth up at night. What? I tape my mouth up what? at night. Like three big questions. He's kidnapping himself. <laughs> Basically. I've got three massive questions here. Firstly, why? My first thought is to stop himself from reacting to all the irritating things I say before bed, like how much money he owes me for bills and can he pay it before midnight? But I was wrong. He said it's a thing and it helps him sleep and it stops him getting thirsty and he sleeps better. I've never heard of that. Me neither. So weird. Wow. Second question, how long has he been doing it for? Two weeks. Which brings me to the third question. Why haven't I noticed that I'm lying next to a man all night with bright blue tape across his lips for two weeks? Two weeks! I didn't notice! But I suppose given the 48 years it took me to notice my own face, a fortnight, it's pretty good going. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. see that rolf harris died today yeah i know disgraced entertainer abuser convicted sex offender Mm. i am i i had a bad experience with rolf harris which not to compare what happened to me to his um his crimes and misdemeanors but uh, he, he was on the old radio show once you weren't there were you no 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 i think it's before my time and um you know, he was the the man behind the stylophone. Yes. Which seems strange now when, when I think back. Why was he? Why? It's this musical instrument. It had come to prominence on David Bowie's Space Oddity. And then it was... Th- the next thing you knew, it was just endorsed by Rolf Harris. It became synonymous with him. He didn't invent it, did he? Uh, no, can't have done No, it was just an endorsement deal. I mean, it's not as strange as George Foreman Grills, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely an odder one. Um, anyway, so he, he'd come onto the radio show and uh, be, because I used to play a stylophone on the air, um, it had been decided that we'd do a duet together. And he came with this big looks, deluxe version um, with like a double row of... Which quite the keys? It's not quite keys, is it? The strip mm. of metal. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
he 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 suggested that we played Hey Jude, but we didn't rehearse. And then when we were on the air, I played a couple of duff notes, and he really glared at me, <laughs> honestly with hatred in his eyes. It was really, it was, yeah, like the anger, the latent anger within that man. This was when everybody still thought he was great, and he was on Animal Hospital. But I oh, saw yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. I saw something wicked and evil inside of him that day. And then um, after the, the duet, when a song was playing, he offered to draw a caricature of me and my then co-host, Pete. And I, to this day, think that it, it, it was one of the nastiest things that have ever been done to me. It was like a really spiteful caricature that made me look like a, a gargoyle, like a little demon like an evil woodland sprite like he was he i feel that he really deliberately chose to draw this caricature in a way that would hurt my feelings so you think he thought i don't like this guy yes what i'm going to do is make him feel terrible about himself by offering to do a character and making him look horrendous yes that's exactly what i think yeah because pete kind of looked fine it wasn't great of him but he kind of looked fine Mm. but it, it was i mean beyond unflattering it was an upsetting. It was it was uh, an upsetting rendition in pencil. I'm sorry, I think it sorry. was pencil. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't good. I, d- I did have a, a caricature done last year. Do you remember when I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival by a man yeah. in the street? Yeah, that didn't go well either, did it? No. So I am <laughs> starting to think that maybe it's my face. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, do you want an update on my wallet? Oh, yes, yes. Is it the thing about well, the one that the cleaner bought you? Karina yes, the cleaner. So, so Karina the cleaner very kindly bought me for my 50th birthday a wallet. However, it's made out of leather. And it says something like, best of 1973, Jeff! Exclamation mark on the inside of it. Aww. So I am so grateful for the gesture. However, it's not really my style, and um, I, d- I don't use leather. Mm. Now, luckily, she took a couple of weeks off immediately after my birthday, maybe three weeks, so I didn't give it a second thought until last week before she came. Uh, she comes on a Thursday, it was Wednesday night, and I thought, oh no, what am I going to do about the wallet? And th- th- remember, wallets are generally something that are in your pocket. Mm-mm. But I became so paranoid that a situation would arise. And I can't, I don't know what it would be, like a window cleaner had come round on spec. <laughs> um, and I'd have to pay him and she'd see, see me take out my own wallet. I decanted <laughs> everything from my old wallet into the new wallet oh. and then carried it around all Thursday and half of Friday before putting my cards and money back into my original wallet. And that is what I intend to do for the rest of my life now. <laughs> I think it's, it's the only solution, really. Yeah. Oh, And I'd be very interested to know, in terms of the rest of your life, how many times you will have cause to take your wallet out. But, you know, know. Get, get back to us later I keep on wanting that. to get it out. Like, um, what was that character Harry Enfield used to do? <laughs> Loads of money. Oh, yeah. Just to show that I'm using it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe here's what I need to do. I need to conspicuously get it out six times over the course of about four months. Yeah. And then she'll feel it's 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 being used. Yeah. And then 
Maybe I could invent some story about a pickpocket. Your first solution was better. It's this too painful that pickpocket solution. So the we- the weekly decanting. Yeah, sorry. Thanks, thanks, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Quandary Corner here at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. So what I'm going to do this week? Mm. I've got one quandary, mm. and then one response to the quandary which I'm going to start with because it is so exciting to me this one because we've been talking a lot about people coming around to your house right especially with that Super Bowl dilemma over the past couple of weeks so this is very interesting from Grand Baroness Kate she says I have recently been in the privileged position to buy my own flat when discussing this with my team at work one of my workmates let's call her Sam announced to the whole office so when's the housewarming party At this point, more people started to gather around and agree with enthusiasm that I should hold a party. Dates began to be suggested. I heard someone often send out a calendar invite. What? I thought in horror. At no point had I imagined myself having any form of gathering at my new flat. It was only a matter of hours before I found myself agreeing to a date for a party in my flat. One which I hadn't even suggested. Much as my team at work are all lovely and friendly, there isn't a drifter amongst them, so no one I could discuss with how on earth I could get out of it. The date that Sam had set crept ever closer and still I had not come up with any ideas of how to kill the plan of the party. So, I ended up hosting it. But, being the host of my own party at my own flat turns out to be amazing. I spent the whole evening topping up people's drinks, clearing Uh, empty glasses, putting out more dips when they were empty, asking people if they needed anything and not having to engage in any small talk at all. I even ran to the corner shop at one point when we were running low on wine. I'm so amazed by this occurrence that I felt the need to let the drifters know ASAP. So I'm currently sat in my bedroom typing this email as my party goes on without me. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone will think I'm circulating and serving. Honestly, I can't believe I'm 37 and have only just discovered this. I felt this was an important discovery to share with other drifters who may be dreading a similar situation. I feel that that email was sent prematurely. Because the party hadn't finished yet. <laughs> yeah, and like, how did you get those people out of your house? Oh, that's a good point. Can we have a part two, Kate? Yes. That would be very good to know. Yes. Okay, let's move on to our quandary now from Daniel. So, some years ago, my gaming group and I went to one of those Magic the Gathering events at the Excel Ex- Exhibition Centre in London. An event where you will find varying levels of social awkwardness and ineptitude. As this was a Friday to Sunday event, my group and I rented a nearby apartment on Airbnb. One of the nights, we decided to grab armfuls of beverage from a local off-licence and then hit up a kebab shop. We all put our orders in and stood outside while waiting. The guy behind the counter then knocked on the window and beckoned us back in. My friends all got their kebabs sorted and then paid up. It was now my turn. The guy asked which salad I wanted and I answered. This part went smoothly. The next part didn't. The guy asked, sauce? Usually you have the choice of chilli or garlic sauce, or maybe both. However, I happen to have about my person a small bottle of Tabasco chipotle chipotle, Mm -hmm. pepper sauce. I happen to really love this sauce, and it is about the only hot sauce that I actually enjoy. So I pulled it out of my pocket and said, no thank you, I have my own. 
The guy gave me such a dirty look and I swear he was just about ready to jump over the counter and start <laughs> swinging at me. There was a de- definitely a silence that was developing. Even my friends couldn't believe what had happened. The kebab guy then proceeded to briskly wrap up my kebab and put it in a plastic bag. He then rung me up on the till and pointed at the amount on the display. He didn't even speak to me to tell me how much I owed. I paid up and tried to get out as quickly as I could, but was slowed down by my friends who had deliberately taken their time and obstructed the door in order to draw out my anguish at this faux pas. (gasps) I'm pretty sure I was in the wrong here and should have just kept my sauce to myself. It would have been easier to say no to sauce and just add it when I got to the apartment. I didn't quite learn from this lesson and have used my Tabasco Chipotle pepper sauce here and there in various food establishments since. Is this actually that rude? Okay, I, th- I think there's uh, an unacknowledged truth here. Go on. I think you want to be perceived as a bit of a character with your little bottle of sauce. Oh, really? Yeah. You think because he's a bit like why, that? Yeah, like the one on Come Dine With woman Me. woman on Come Dine With Me who carried yeah. around of the yes. Encona one. Yes, I think that's what's going on. Because whip out your sauce once. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> But okay, but okay. Can we get to the actual problem though? Is yeah. it is it that rude? Of course, it is, is it that rude? Of course, it is. Is it? it okay in a fancy restaurant? If you're whipping, or taking something out of your bag and smothering it in something the chef hasn't put on it. But in a kebab shop, is it really that bad to say oh, I just prefer this? I just like this one. But why? Why not wait till you're not eating wait? the kebab? Yeah. It's, there's a real showboat quality to this that, that isn't oh, sitting well with me. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm sorry about Jeff turning on you like this. I just think Daniel, he's, he's, he wants to be perceived as a bit of character. He's got a novelty. He's got his gimmick. He's got his prop. Oh, no, allow me. Whips out the sauce. Come on, Daniel. Have you never carried a hot sauce around with you? All the time. All the time? <laughs> but discreet. I've got some discretion. Discreetly. I'm a discreetly. classy guy. Okay, so what you're ruling is, it's fine to do it. Daniel gave the answer in his question. Daniel knows. He's using okay. our podcast to show off about his bottle of sauce <laughs> so that people will think he's just a little bit quirky. I didn't. I honestly don't think it's that bad in a kebab shop to say, oh, it's like, oh, don't worry, I've, I've got my own. Is it that bad? Is yeah. it? Is yeah. it? Listen, I, suppose, I suppose they've homemade their chilli sauce, have they? Yeah, sometimes, probably. sometimes mm. I go to the chippy mm. and they say, would you like salt and vinegar? Mm. And um, I say no. And the reason is I like to do it myself when I get home because I want to be more in charge of the sogginess. Right. Do I tell them that? No, I don't. Do I have a bottle of vinegar in one pocket and... <laughs> salt cellar in the other go no thanks look what i got what is with this guy oh daniel Sorry, i mean I'm, daniel. I'm kind of on his side really kind this, of this, daniel you need to you need to do a bit of self-reflection here what i like is that you're I think peacocking it's a it's a it's a, it's a I'm imagining in my head it's one of those little miniature tiny ones that it's like on a key ring or something but you're imagining something a bit bigger sticking Anything, out the back pocket not, at all makes, times makes no difference <laughs> Okay, all right then. It's too eccentric for me. Okay, well there we go. That's that sorted then. Stop stop being a colourful character. 
And that was our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Carla Gowlett took the photos. And we'd love to hear from you, please. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or a story of social ineptitude, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Podication time. It's podication time. This comes from Jane. Do you know what she says? Mm. Says, hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. Hi. Please, can I send a podication to my sister Sophie? This podication is to say thank you for having me in her new home city. Sorry, I read that strangely, didn't I? Having me in at her new home city of Victoria... British Columbia in April. I had an excellent visit thanks to her generous spirit. She gave me her bed. Mm. That's too much, that. <laughs> Sorry, it's very kind. Yeah, I know you want to get her on one of those inflatable ones. Oh, this one's surprisingly comfortable. No, it isn't surprisingly comfortable. It's a lie you're telling yourself. Um, she gave me her bed. She helmed us in a rowing race despite me never having rowed before. Ooh. That is generous. I wouldn't want you on the team, I don't think. No. Um, or me, for that matter. We didn't finish, of course, but that doesn't matter. But it would to some people, that's the point. Not to me, or Sophie. Um, we toured the city by bike, and she even biked me up to the clinic to get my first ever Botox injections. Now we're talking... Have you had your first ever one yet, Annabelle? No, I'm looking forward to having my non-surgical facelift once I've saved up for it by 2042. What is a non-surgical facelift? I don't know. I just heard that expression once and I thought, well, that's, that sounds like something I'd enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you. I thought this might get to you faster than a thank you card. That would sit by my door, unmailed. I think you're right about that. Mm. Oh, ow. You're right. Yeah, no, just uh, something fell over. It's not interesting, it was just my phone. Okay. Um, well, there we go. Thanks for, for allowing us to be your conduit. Mm. Conduit, Jane, to, uh, to send that thank you to Sophie. Sounds like you had a great stay. And if you would like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 